the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. We're going to be looking at verses 35 uh, through 41. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. And I'm actually, if you're able, would you stand with me one more time? Uh, make sure that you, are, that you stretch. Make sure you are alert and awake and ready to receive uh, the word of the Lord. Let's not get lazy. Let's not get distracted. Let's not let the devil uh, steal what God wants to do. Uh, we want to share a, a message this morning entitled, The Peace We Need. The Peace We Need. Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. Let's pray. Father God. Thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for the breath and the life that you've given us, for the ability, Lord, to gather in this place, to lift up the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, we thank you for another Thanksgiving season. Uh, we thank you that we are going to be able this week to feast with family and friends and uh, to, to remember the year that you have given us and the days that you have blessed us with. But this morning we recognize that you've got a plan and a purpose for your people and that no matter what season we are in, God, you want to bless us. And many times you want to bless us with peace in the middle of whatever we're going through. And God, I just pray this morning and every day, God, that you would bless us with the peace that we need, the peace that we need. And so, Lord, have your way. Touch your people. Be glorified in this place. Uh, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's give him praise as we're seated this morning. Awesome, awesome. So author Helen Steiner Rice in a, in a book of courage wrote a poem that is called Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. In her poem she writes, Whenever I am troubled and lost in despair, I bundle all my troubles up and go to God in prayer. I tell him I am sick and lost and lonely too that my mind is deeply burdened and I don't know what to do. Anybody ever been there where you just don't know what to do? But I know he stilled the tempest and calmed the angry sea. And I humbly ask if in his love, he'll do the same for me. And then I just keep quiet and think only thoughts of peace. And if I abide in stillness, my restless murmurings cease. Listen, every single person this morning is created by God in a different, unique, and very special way. I remember when I, the first time I read in the scriptures that I, that you, that we are the apple of God's eye. Did you know that you're the apple of God's eye, that he loves you unconditionally? And so we're unique and special like snowflakes. You'll never find two individuals that are exactly identical. This morning we have different families, we have different friends, we have different jobs, and we come from different walks of life. And, but one thing that you can be sure we all have in common is that from time to time we all have troubles. Anybody ever have trouble? And when the storms of life, they start gathering and they start uh, uh, just moving in for that hit, our resolve is tested. And we learn the kind of people during the storm, the kind of people that we really are. And see, it's easy, right? It's easy to become anxious. It's easy to become angry. It's easy to become panicked or, or just frightened when the storm comes. But Psalm 46 and verse 10, uh, God offers 
this word of peace. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. See, even in the midst of life's thunderstorms and hurricanes, even when the circumstances around us seem like they are at their darkest, we can be at peace with God. In fact, our God is peace personified. When Jesus is on the scene, he brings peace. Amen? When you call on the name of Jesus, he is your peace. And so when bill collectors are knocking at the door, when family members are in the hospital, when, when the doctor gives you uh, the worst of possible news, we can either surrender to the torrents of waves and be swallowed up by the sea, or we can calmly put our faith in our God. And He will see us through the storm that we are facing every single time. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus has basically been using His small boat like a, like a pulpit. He is preaching and teaching uh, uh, his disciples daily. They were learning the mysteries of the kingdom of God and what it really means to walk by faith. But academic faith is not the same as active faith. Head knowledge is not the same as heart knowledge. Your thoughts and ideas are not the same as your experience. You see, they had the knowledge, but did they know what to do with it? Their faith, like ours, was about to be tested. So let's look at our text in, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, beginning at verse 35. The Bible says, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let's, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with, the, with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. Verse 37. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they awoke him and, and said to him, Teacher, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, and what did he do? He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Why? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The peace we need. See, the sea that, uh, which they had set out to cross was the Sea of Galilee. I don't know if any of you here have ever been to Israel. I have not. It's like on my bucket list. If I even had one, I would love to go to Israel. Anybody here ever been to Israel? One of you? Two of you? All right. And so uh, the sea they set out was the Sea of Galilee. It's a freshwater lake, actually, in northern Palestine. It was heart-shaped, uh, about 13 miles long and 8 miles wide. It was 680 feet below sea level. And it was a place of simple but inspired beauty. 
However, however, with mountains surrounding most of the lake, the, the fierce downdrafts of cold air from the higher elevations uh, to the warm air of the sea, they made it extremely uh, a, a frequency where, where they experienced violent storms on the Sea of Galilee, which was the case on this night. Jesus was traveling across the sea with his disciples on purpose and with a purpose. And yet Jesus was asleep in the boat when the violent storm appeared and tested the disciples' faith. Your life is your boat this morning. And maybe some of you are thinking that the master has fallen asleep in your boat. Again, we're talking about the peace that we need. Now, even though the situation appeared to be threatening, we can see at least three good reasons why his disciples should have been at peace, even though they were not. The first is that with Jesus on board, they should have found, number one, peace in his purpose. They should have found peace in the purpose of Jesus. See, Mark tells us in verse 35, go right back there. All on that day when evening came, Jesus said to them, let us go, let us go over where? To the other side. Listen, in that simple statement of purpose, the disciples should have found more peace than in most calm and tranquil seas. Traveling by boat was Jesus' idea. It was his idea. The Lord deliberately sought to put them miles, uh, miles of water between himself and the multitudes of people on the western shore. It was his idea to cross the sea by boat in the first place and go into the eastern country. Now, did Jesus know that the storm was coming? What do you think? Did Jesus know that the storm was coming? Of course he did. Of course he did. That, that storm would literally be a part of, of the day's curriculum. He was always teaching his disciples. Say always. He was always teaching his disciples. This was going to be another one of those teachable moments. And so Jesus undoubtedly knew that the storm was coming their way. And certainly he could have prevented it. And yet, say yet. He deliberately directed them into the storm so that he might teach his disciples some lessons on that day. See, the storm would, would, would help them to understand a lesson that they, they didn't even know they needed to learn, that Jesus can always be trusted in the storms of life. The truth is many people have a mistaken, mistaken idea that storms only come to their lives when they've disobeyed God or when they've done something wrong, but that's not always the case, amen? amen. The, the storms will come in many different shapes and sizes. The storms will come, and it's not always because you've done something wrong. In the Old Testament, we read about the prophet Jonah. The, the, the Bible says that God commanded Jonah to go and to preach repentance to the people of Nineveh, but Jonah hated the Ninevites. He didn't want to preach to them. God ever asked you to do something you didn't want to do? Jonah didn't want to. And so he, he didn't want to preach to them. And as a result, what did he do? He ran away. He ran. He ran. In fact, Jonah paid, paid, paid for passage on a small boat. But the further they sailed away from Nineveh, the worse the storm got. I could stop there and preach. 
Because some of you, you want to run away from your storm and God is trying to teach you a lesson. You want to circumvent what has come your way and, and you think that, that maybe this will get easier. You think that if you do this, things will, will go the way you want them to. But God has you where you are on purpose and for a purpose and in every season he can speak. You can run away, but you can't hide from Jesus. Amen. Amen. You want to preach, man? <laughs> All of a sudden, while Jonah's on that ship, the ship was being tossed around like an open like a like a bottle in the open sea. It would have gone under. It would have been destroyed had not the crew discovered that it was Jonah's fault that they were in this violent mess. So what did they do? Anybody remember the story? They threw him overboard. You might remember it from Sunday school or Veggie Tales that Jonah was swallowed up by a great fish and he spent three nights in the belly of that whale. Some of you know the song. The truth is that Jonah, Jonah was caught in that storm because in his case, he did not obey God. And yet here the disciples got into this storm because they did obey Jesus. And so we read our Bibles. When we read our Bibles, we, we discover that there are two kinds of storms in life. Storms of correction when God disciplines us and storms of perfection when God helps us to grow. And this is the second one is, is what we see in the storm. In the text today, see Jesus' statement in verse 35, let us go over to the other side. It was more than just a suggestion. It was a promise. And so if Jesus says, we are going to the other side of the sea, you can rest assured that you will make it to the other side. Let's not forget that this is the all-powerful God of the universe. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, it says that he is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think. And so his commandments are also his enablements. And nothing can hinder the working out of his plans in our lives. And now, he did not promise that it was going to be an easy trip. But he did promise a guaranteed arrival at their destination. After all, Jesus was in their boat. And some of us need to be reminded, no matter what season you're in right now, Jesus is in your boat. As a result, when we find ourselves enduring hardships or actually suffering, Although we are following Christ in our lives, we must remember that he brought us here and that he can bring us through it. He's in your boat. He's in your boat. There is peace in God's purpose, but the disciples also should have found peace in his presence. Peace in his purpose Peace, is, peace in his presence. As the story continues in verse 37, go there again, there arose a fierce gale of wind and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Then in verse 38, Jesus himself was in the stern asleep uh, on the cushion and they woke him and said to him, teacher, 
Do you not care that we are perishing? And listen, don't play all innocent this morning. When you are going through your hard times, I know that some of you as well as myself, we have looked up to heaven and said, God, why are you allowing this to happen? Why has this come our way? Why can I get through this already? I mean, it would have been one thing if, if Jesus had said, you go over across the sea and, and I'll check you later. I'll, 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 meet you up, I'll meet up with you later. I mean, they, they could have still trusted in his purpose, but they would have been at it alone along the way. Who knows what trouble they would have gotten into if Jesus wasn't in the boat. That isn't what Jesus said at all. He told them, we will go. And he went with them in the boat. And yet when the winds crashed against the sea and the boat started to fill up, they became terrified. Again, the Lord himself was with them. And so, so what was their fear? I mean, they had seen his power demonstrated in his miracles over and over again. There were no shortage of examples that Jesus was no ordinary, ordinary man in their training. I mean, Jesus could make blind men see. He could make crippled men walk. He could feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. And so they, they should have had complete confidence that Christ could handle the situation. Situation. But for some reason, the disciples did not yet understand that Jesus was the master in every single situation. Plus, it's interesting. It's interesting that this is the only place in the entire Bible that speaks of Jesus sleeping. And that should say something to us. And, and yet, even in the midst of the storm, Jesus was perfectly at peace. That fact alone should have encouraged the disciples. Jesus was doing God's will. He knew that the Father would take care of him, and so he took a nap. I know that's hard for us to even fathom. But Jesus slept in the storm because he was truly secure in the will of his Father. And Jesus is in your boat. In Psalm 4 and verse 8, King David uh, once wrote, In peace I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. It makes me wonder. It makes me wonder how often in the trials of life are we prone to imitate the faithless disciple who cried on that day, Lord, don't you care about us? Of course he cares. Of course he cares. He definitely does. And yet too many Christians have the mistaken idea that obedience to God's will will somehow produce smooth sailing. And as long as we do what God wants, we won't have any trouble along the way. And that's their thinking. But how many of you know that that is not true? Everything could be perfect in the planning. Everything could, you could have prayed and God could have given you the open door and, and the green light is on and you are moving through and, and you think it's all going to go good. It's all good. God's got me. I'm moving along. And all of a sudden you deal with a little resistance. All of a sudden there's a fight all of a sudden things are not going the way you wanted them to and all of a sudden we start to complain 
We start to jabber at God. We start to accuse him of, of things. Lord, don't you care? Don't you care what happens to me? He does. He does. In fact, Jesus, he, he warned us in John chapter 16 and verse 33 saying, In the world you will have tribulation. In the world, in this world, you will have tribulation. But he also promised that he will be with us through it all. Again, he's in your boat. He's in your boat. He's in your season. He's in your struggle. He's in your challenge. Nothing escapes him. He didn't go on vacation. He didn't leave the scene. He's in your boat. And it's his peace that we need. In Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, as Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you when? Always. Always. To the end of the age. Always in your boat. Always in your season. Always in your struggle. Listen, had Jesus remained on earth, he could not have fulfilled this promise. See, as a man, he would be limited by his physical body. But after he ascended, he poured out his Holy Spirit over all the world. And so as believers, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we have the blessed assurance of having Christ's Spirit with us wherever we go. Again, there is a great Peace in his presence. And finally, Jesus' disciples should have found, number three, peace in his proclamation. Peace in his proclamation. Say proclamation. proclamation. Overwhelmed with compassion for his fearful crew. In verse 39, go there again. Jesus awoke and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, chill out. My translation. <laughs> Peace be still. Another translation says, quiet be still. Hush be silent. Silent be still. And what did the wind do? It ceased. There was a great calm. In verse 40, he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? What an awesome sight that must have been. Now the word rebuke was the same word that Jesus often used when casting out demons. Here he rebuked the wind, which actually makes me think that it's possible that Satan somehow was behind this severe storm attempting to kill Jesus or at least prevent him from reaching the demon-possessed men on the eastern shore. But that didn't stop our Lord. In fact, Jesus calmed both the wind and the sea by simply doing what? Speaking the word. So Jesus is in the boat and his words are powerful. Jesus is in your boat and his words are powerful. Jesus is in your tough season and his words are powerful. Are you reading his words in your storm? Are you reading his words 
while you're in that boat and the boat is getting thrown all over the place? Are you meditating on his promises while your storm is raging? See, usually after the winds die down, the, the waves actually remain rough for hours. That's the normalcy of it. But in this instance, everything, say everything. Everything became calm immediately, and they stayed that way. When God speaks, even the wind and the sea, they listen to their creator. In Psalm 148, verses 7 and 8, the Bible says, Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures, and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind, fulfilling or obeying his word. He's the creator. He can speak to his creation and stuff happens. Listen, 2,000 years later, the word of God has not lost its potency. The word of God is powerful. God's word is just as powerful today as it ever was. And when we read it, it can actually bring peace into our lives. See, within the Bible lies God's plan for salvation, his promises to mankind, his purposes for your and my life, and his word is God's proclamation. And so this is why we can say with confidence that there's peace in his proclamation. In fact, the prophet Isaiah reminded the people of Israel that there is peace in God's word. Isaiah 48 and verse 18 says, Oh, that you had listened to my commands. Then you would have peace flowing like a gentle river and righteousness rolling over you like the waves in the sea. See, when we feel lost or when the struggles of this life are overwhelming us and it feels like our boat is about to sink we can open our bibles the word of god begin to read and the winds will die down and the sea will all of a sudden begin to calm even if in the physical and in the natural it doesn't there's something that happens on the inside of you when you begin to read the word of god and are reminded of the promises of god there is peace in his proclamation his proclamation in his word there is power in the word of god in and out of your storm it's his peace that you and i need Whenever I am troubled and lost in despair, I bundle all my troubles up and go to God in prayer. I tell him I am sick and lost and lonely too, that my mind is deeply burdened and I don't know what to do, but I know he stilled the tempest and I know he calmed the angry sea and I humbly ask if in his love he'll do the same for me. And then I just keep quiet. That's a sermon. I won't go there. And then I just keep quiet and think only thoughts of peace. And if I abide in stillness, my restless murmurings cease. Worship team, come on back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So listen, when the sea was raging and the billows were tossing high, the disciples, they looked around and they only saw danger. Then they looked within and they saw fear. They in the process, they failed to look up and see God. 
as a result of that, I think it can be said that the greatest danger, listen, 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 the greatest danger was not the winds or the waves. The greatest danger was actually the unbelief in the hearts of the disciples. I, I need to say that again. See, I think that the, it can be said that the greatest danger was not actually the wind or the waves. It was actually the unbelief in the hearts of the disciples. Remember, Jesus was in their boat. The creator of heaven and earth, the creator of your life, the creator of you in the season that you're in, he is in your boat. No matter what you're going through, no matter what life feels like, no matter what things look like, He's in your boat. When we're faced with the challenges of life, let's not make that same mistake. Always remember, Jesus is in your boat. This is just one of the many lessons Jesus would teach his disciples on the Sea of Galilee, and each lesson would reveal some wonderful new truth about our Lord Jesus. They already knew that he had the authority to forgive sins, to cast out demons, to heal diseases. Now they discovered that he, that he even has authority over the wind and the sea. This meant that they had no reason ever again to be afraid, for our Lord is in control of every situation. Say every. Our Lord is in control of every situation. And so instead of allowing our fears and doubts to overwhelm us, let us find peace in God's purpose and plans for our lives. Let us find peace in the presence of Jesus and his spirit. Let us find peace in his proclamation, the proclamation of the holy, powerful word of God. And so if you ever feel troubled, and if you, if you ever feel lost in despair, Jesus invites you to come to him and experience the peace that passes all understanding. Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29, we'll close with this. Jesus said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's the peace we need. And listen, I, I, I get it. I hear it from time to time. Thanksgiving is not always good for people. There's family drama. There's all kinds of troubles. There's all kinds of things. Uh, we're not all on the same page when it comes to that. Some of you, if you could run, you would run. But just remember, when you run, Jesus is in your boat. He wants to help you. He wants to help you. Stand to your feet. Jesus offers the peace that we need. As you're sitting around the Thanksgiving table, as you're thinking about what drama could take place, he's the peace that we need. He's in your boat. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Thank you for every opportunity to worship. 
I pray, God, that as we live life, as we prepare our hearts for Thanksgiving, as we go throughout our week, God, that we would be reminded, Lord, that you give power and strength to those who are weak, that, Lord, you are with us, that you never leave us and you never forsake us, that, Lord, no matter what trouble, no matter what trial, no matter what tempest comes our way, Lord, one word from you. And the winds and the sea must be still. And so, God, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. Jesus, we trust you. You offer the peace that we need. Would you receive that peace this morning? Receive that peace. God, we receive it. We receive your peace. We receive your peace. In Jesus' name, we receive your peace. We receive your peace. Let's close in worship. Hallelujah.